Today is Friday, January 13th. The title for our devotional is The Meaning. Yesterday we ended with the four views of communion commonly found in Christian theology. LifeBridge holds to a memorial communion view. And before we go any further, let's read uh, again Jesus' words in Luke 22, 19-20. And he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. So even when we understand what this means theologically, with all the background and the Passover and everything we've been talking about this week, we're left asking what this does for our spiritual life. It seems to me that the Catholic view of transubstantiation and the Lutheran view of consubstantiation is at least in part an effort to add meaning to the Lord's Supper that isn't supported by the text. In part, this seems to be a method to add value to a Sunday gathering, to keep people coming back. If you miss the Lord's Supper, you're missing out on a means of grace, they would argue. On the other hand, the memorial view can be seen as trivializing the Lord's Supper. Admittedly, many who hold this view do trivialize it, and that's a terrible shame. This can simply be seen in the lack of frequency in which many attend church at all. And to that point, the lack of frequency with which many churches practice the Lord's Supper as well. I would suggest that participating in the Lord's Supper is an essential part of the Christian life. We don't need to add theological significance beyond the text to pressure people to come to church. Now, genuine believers in Christ will see and experience the wonderful fruit of participating in the Lord's Supper regularly with our faith community and desire to be a part of that. Not to mention, simply, Jesus told us to do it. (laughs) That should be enough for us. Yet, here's a few things that happen at the table in communion. One, it's a sign reminding us of the core of our faith, Jesus' atoning death for our sins. We can't be reminded of this enough. We need to be reminded of the love of God, which was undeniably demonstrated by Christ on the cross for us. We need to be reminded that our righteousness is not in our own good works, but in Christ's righteousness imputed to us through faith in him. We need to be reminded of the great cost of our sin, the perfect, holy, righteous, good Lamb of God sacrificed for us. Secondly, it experientially strengthens our faith. The spiritual world often feels distant, intangible, and unrelated to our daily, regular life. This couldn't be further from the truth, but it often feels this way. By engaging our senses through eating the bread and drinking the wine or juice, we are experientially reminding ourselves of the spiritual realities that we so often fail to realize in our daily life. By taking the communion elements, we're also reminding reminded that we are spiritually nourished by Christ, just as the elements physically nourish our body. On this, Tepiti Anya Buile writes, We come to the table in need. We come to the table fresh from battles with sin, discouragement, unbelief, and the world. We need to be fed again. We need to receive the sustenance that Christ offers. By faith, we receive the nourishment we need as we imbibe the benefits of Jesus' atoning work for sinners and weaklings. Thirdly, in communion, we are reminded of our participation with Christ. 1 Corinthians 10, 16, we read, Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? Like the people of Israel would annually eat the Passover meal as a participation in the story of their ancestors' exodus from Egypt, so in the Lord's Supper, believers are participating in the story of Christ and his redemption. Like baptism symbolizes our union with Christ in his death and resurrection, so in communion we are reminded of our own union with Christ. 
As believers, we are in Christ. He identifies with us and us with him. Think of it like a married couple and the two becoming one. The wedding day is like baptism, the initial inauguration of the two becoming one and uniting their lives together. Communion, then, is like the anniversary or the regular date night. It frequently reminds us of our union one to another. In communion, then, we are reminded of our union with Christ. Fourth, in communion, we're reminded of our unity one to another in the body of Christ. We, as the church, are called the body of Christ. In 1 Corinthians 10.16, Paul reminds us of that. In 1 Corinthians 10.17, he says, Because there is one loaf, we, who are many, are one body, for we all share the one loaf. The common sharing of the bread reminds us of the unity we have in the church. We'll spend a couple weeks on this later in the campaign, as it is Paul's driving point in 1 Corinthians 11, 17-34. Taken together, these four provide a rich meaning to the Lord's Supper. Therefore, it is a cherished time in the community life of the church, one that we should look forward to, one that strengthens our faith, one that reminds us of the core of our faith in Christ. It experientially strengthens our faith, reminding us of the spiritual realities of the world around us, and also reminding us that we need spiritual nourishment in Christ, just as physical as we need physical nourishment of our bodies. And it also reminds us of our participation with Christ, that we identify with Christ and He with us. And it also reminds us that we are united one to another in the body of Christ. Reflection time today, just reflect on the meaning of the Lord's Supper and the great value that it is in your spiritual life. Remember, we don't need to stretch it. We don't need to stretch the text to make more of it than it is. And we also shouldn't trivialize it and make less of it than it is. It is obedience to Jesus and it is a rich blessing in the life of a believer.